The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. And welcome to a bonus episode of the panel discussion, your home for comic book talk every week right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me, uh, more faithful than my other co-host. More faithful than my other co-host. Hey, I do what I can. (laughs) I don't know what that says about my life. No, No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Will Smith is here in the house. I am here, everybody. How's it it going this wonderful Sunday? Beautiful morning. Some nice snow falling from the sky. There is. There is. There's a beautiful Sunday. Uh, A lot going on. And uh, it's not just me and Will uh, today. Joining us via Zoom is one of the... The original three musketeers that had man, we've had so, <laughs> were you we've D'Artagnan? Had, uh, <laughs> we've had so many hosts here. Oh my god. How many how many musketeers has this been? I mean, I mean there were more we're than at, just three musketeers. We're at, I mean, there was a there was a gaggle of them. We're at five already. We're at five total. That's not bad. It's not bad. No. It could be worse. Yeah, yeah. It could I, be worse. I call Oliver Platt. <laughs> Uh, we are joined by one of the original three musketeers of the show, uh, the one of the original panelists. And he's the host, one of the hosts of uh, Rediscovering the Indies, an independent pro wrestling podcast right here on the network. Mr. Christopher Golo. Chris, how are you today? Thank you for having me. And, uh, Will, we're going to have to fight over Oliver Platt. No, no, I called uh, it. I got dibs on Platt. I look very Oliver Plattish. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to start eating, and I'm going to beat you to it. <laughs> I love me some Oliver Platt. <laughs> all fun, all fun. So, Chris, we're really glad to have you back here uh, for this this bonus episode. Um, if, to our listeners, if you listened to last week's episode, at the very end, we did that. We made a little uh, tribute to a a, a mutual, uh, I guess, acquaint, acquaintance, uh, a friend, I think, in the spiritual sense, uh, Mr. John Huber, aka Brody Lee, aka Luke Harper. A professional wrestler has wrestled for WWE, AEW, and many, many um, independent pro wrestling places across the world, not just the country, the world. Yeah. Um, we wanted to pay tribute to him uh, and do a little just uh, kind of discussion. You know, uh, AEW had their tribute show. That was beautiful. On Wednesday. It was beautiful. That was I, like, beautiful. That was amazing. It was really, really well done. Um, and like, I felt like closure. That, yeah, like I, I felt closure watching that. Like I'm like, okay, like, and even yeah. even WWE. I mean, there was they did a nice little uh, graphic at the beginning of Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. But yeah. then throughout the show, I mean, uh, I'm sure it was due to copyright issues and whatnot that they they couldn't do more than that. But there were little nods and a lot of appreciation from a, a lot of the guys on the roster, guys and gals on the roster for WWE. Um, and that, that was nice, really nice. You know, dropping his catchphrases, saying little things here and there um, to pay their respects and, and, and to get some emotional closure with uh, such a tragic loss. No, most, most certainly so. Uh, you know, it, it was it, it was just, well, like, I, I, I'm not afraid to admit, like, this last week, I cried a lot more than, you know, I, I normally do. Yeah, I had uh, to hydrate was, like crazy. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was rough. It, it was honestly rough. Uh, to see that, and I think that you know, Tony Khan 
like I said, I'm not involved with I'm involved with local pro wrestling, but I'm not like the biggest fan like I used to be. And I sat all two hours of that show, yeah, and enjoyed every second of it. But the most important thing for me was Tony Khan presenting Little Brody, uh, Little Brody Lee Jr. Um, with that same, TNT championship, yeah, the same title as father won. I mean, that was that was really beautiful. And I mean, they're not retiring the title; they're gonna have a new design. But so. So little Brody can have the same exact championship title that his father won. Uh, I mean, that's something that he's going to cherish for the rest of his life, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, uh, Chris, I mean, Chris, what were your thoughts? I mean, you're, you're obviously very involved in independent pro wrestling and, and, and you have a podcast about it, but what were your thoughts on, on, on the tribute show? I guess, you know, what was it? Did it feel different, you know, for you than other tribute shows that you've been maybe either a part of or, or viewed as a fan? Um, I think, well, it's one of those shows where it was a lot different than your usual tribute show. It had the same feel of like that Eddie Guerrero show. Right. And the Owen Hurd show where like, I mean, here's a guy who was in his prime, you know, main, main part of the roster, no previous issues or anything people knew of or anything like that. Like, and then, you know, just to, to lose them like that. Uh, and the tribute show to me was, it was beautiful. I think it was amazingly heartfelt. I, there was moments just throughout the show where like, you're like, okay, I'm done crying. And the, the, the tissues are, and then boom, they get you. Like, obviously the opening was emotional. And then when uh, Moxley was talking, it was emotional. Then, okay, you got to recover a little bit, but then you could see the emotion in Cole Cabana's face. Yeah. And then when they did the video testimonials, Bryce Remsburg, like he was like, that, that was a tearjerker. And then, and then the Rowan thing. And then for me, the, I think the Rowan thing for some reason hit me the most that, and when they brought his boots out, but the Eric Rowan thing, when Rowan came in and, and then also got to hold the sign, like I was so happy that he got to be part of, of a tribute for him because he wasn't with WWE anymore and he wasn't technically part of AEW. So I'm really glad that he got to be part of, that tribute to him and and then i think like the ending with the boots and then you know the title but i think the boots really got me when they brought the boots out like i just i, I started bawling because yeah. you know it's all the times we're like oh it can't be real it doesn't feel like it's real there it it, it was that's i think that's when it ultimately hit me because like <clears throat> you know all this week I, i'm seeing the news like i i didn't find out vince called me our good friend vince um, called me. He was like freaking out. He goes, you know, I, he called me. I, I, I couldn't answer because I was driving. He goes, text me back emergency or call me back emergency. And he goes and tells me and I'm just like, oh, I, I know when I got the news, my, my was, I literally felt my heart sink. Yeah. I mean, it's the day after Christmas. Like you're yeah. all uppity. Like I literally just had one of the best Christmases of my life. It was very low key. Yeah. It's very happy. And, you know, we just left this outing at my wife's house or white, not wife's house, but my wife's friend's house. And, and, and it was we had a good time. And uh, to get that, it was it was awful. And, you know, I'm tagging him and stuff and, and all throughout the uh, um, all throughout the day and or all throughout this last week. And I'm just waiting for him to come like just comment in his classic like John Huber sense of humor. Just, you know, <laughs> I'm not gone. You fucking idiot or something yeah <laughs> just that's just he just isn't who he was he was yeah. very vulgar but he was funny yes when very, he was when he was very, yeah. uh, subtle humor yeah was his forte i loved it man i loved it we we had a 
you know, I think it, it'd probably be appropriate if we all kind of go around and share like our first experience with him, if you remember. I do. Um, that I do. Well, you want to kick this one off? Yeah. Uh, my first experience, I mean, um, for those who don't know, I'm an independent pro wrestler here in Buffalo. Uh, I started went way back at the age of 16. And uh, when I first started branching out, I heard that, you know, like I, I, I got some stuff from Rochester and it was really the early dabblings of, of the Buffalo uh, group of wrestlers meeting the Rochester group of wrestlers. And there's different ideology. There's different training. There's different personalities. Um, and I remember the first time I met a lot of the guys from Rochester, I was nervous because, I mean, I wanted to make a good first impression and it was a show out in Watertown. And I believe it was an MFW show ran by uh, Warpath. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God love them. God love them. So I go to this show and I was like 18 or 19. And 18 or 19, Will was just at volume 11 always, constantly. Oh, at volume. I didn't yeah. know if you meant like it. Like, 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 thing or... Oh, everything. <laughs> I, I, was like, I was like Robin Williams on crack. <laughs> Constantly, I wasn't doing crack then, <laughs> or ever. <laughs> Should thanks, phrase that thanks better. For thanks yes. for but I was, I was always very high energy, high, high energy. At times, I still am. Yeah, that's just me. Um, but I go to the show and the ring set up, and I like to loosen up. So the first thing I do, I didn't even take. I, I just drop my bag. I'm like, I'm gonna run these damn ropes. So I get in the ring and I start running the ropes as fast as I can, and I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. All of a sudden, I hear ting. And I'm outside of the ring on my feet, staring into the ring. The top rope snapped. Oh, shit. And I just literally flipped and landed on my feet like a freaking gazelle. Couldn't do it again in a million years if I tried, but that's what happened. Promoter comes out, and I'm, I feel so embarrassed. I'm like, I fucked up the ring. Like, the show's over. That's it. All right. Like, I'm an asshole. And I don't know these guys. Like, all these other wrestlers are around. I didn't just fully go. At, yeah. I think I shook some hands, but not all the hands. And I remember seeing this gargantuan man walk out from the back and his Brody. And he was with uh, the Olsons. Okay. Cause they were, they were doing their thing at the time. Uh, and I, I'm like, Oh, that's, you know, it's, it's Brody, that's Jimmy and, and Colin. Like, I mean, they're, I, I knew of them only by name, not by anything else and pictures. So uh, <laughs> I walk up and I'm like, hi. And Brody's like, fuck happened to the ring. I, I, uh, I snapped the top rope by running them. He's like, he just starts laughing, like belly laughing. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, I landed on my feet. And he goes, how did you do that? I'm like, I honestly don't know. It was just like, it happened like that. And then I remember like later in the show, like when you first start wrestling too, like you, I don't want to say you rip off what you know, but you definitely are more heavily influenced. Like, oh, I like those tights I see on TV. I'm yeah. just going to alter them slightly. So I had these like red tights that were basically just Lance Storm's tights. Okay. And I remember this guy, other other wrestler came up to me and he was just shitting all over me. He's like, oh, does Lance Storm wants his tights back. And I'm like, I mean, for those of you who don't know, sometimes the wrestling industry can be a little catty. Can get a little. A little. Uh, I yeah, think you're yeah. being generous. Yeah. <laughs> it can be it can be catty. And I'll never forget, like Brody, like stuck up for me and he didn't have to. Like, he didn't know who yeah. I was. We just we just met. Uh, he stuck up for me, and uh, I mean, the the guy that commented on my Lance Storm tights was dressed up dressed up kind of like Optimus Prime. So he he made yeah <laughs> wait I'm, a I'm, second yeah, yeah. Wait you, know, a you second. can connect the dots. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> so uh, he kind of ripped on him. He's like, yeah, well, the Optimus Prime wants his outfit back. Like, what the fuck, man? Like everybody's doing their own thing. Like, yeah. Just deal with it. Um, 
So, I, I mean, he, like, like I said, uh, there's so many glowing reviews about uh, Brody, John, um, and he was always so generous. He was always so nice. Um, so that was my first experience with him. Okay. That's a great first memory. That's, that's, that's funny. And I, I'm glad to hear that. Like, that's like your first impression of him. Yeah. Like, oh, by hey. the way, they fixed the top rope and the show went off. Okay. So, <laughs> by the way, by the uh, way, but like, I mean, I, I fucked up with the ring. <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous. Cause I'm out of my element. I'm in That was like one of the first shows I did out of Buffalo too. So it's like when you're doing home shows, like I was the main guy in Buffalo. And then I go out to Rochester or, or Watertown. It's like, I'm like a peon. I'm in a tag team and a gauntlet match and I'm eliminated two minutes in. I'm like, what the hell? I'm, 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 I'm the main event in Buffalo. Right. What the fuck's going on here? But that was like my first experience with uh, independent wrestling and traveling and doing other shows yeah. and learning. This is being kind to you. And I think that's, that's no. And it was greatly appreciated, especially like I, I, I didn't know who this guy was who was shitting on me. So I didn't want to like shit back, but um, I mean, and, and at that time, it's like I, I didn't feel comfortable enough to stick up for myself. So it was nice that someone who had credibility in that area would go out of his way to stick up for me. Right. It was it was uh, no, it was much appreciated. That's an important first uh, first gesture. Chris, uh, I believe you have a very important for your own wrestling uh, you know, history. You've been around wrestling for a while. I think you have a really cool story about your first uh, time meeting him. Yeah, well, so it'd be my first time, like, working with them. I mean, as a fan, I remember seeing them at the ballpark brawls. Uh, and I was like, wow, this guy's good. I didn't go to a lot of local independent shows as a fan, but I remember seeing him always at the ballpark brawls and thinking, like, yeah, th th this, this guy looks like a star. I remember, like, he did, like, a tag team with Sterling James Keenan the one year, you know, Corey Graves, which is pretty cool. And uh, and then um, I think he – I'm trying to remember if he was on – I did see one local independent show – and I think Will was on it was like the it was in a barn in Batavia and it was like a, a religion show where it was like God versus the oh, devil. Oh, you went to that? <laughs> yes, yes. Do you remember? I, I'm sorry to cut in. Do you remember <laughs> the audacious entrance that we all did? That was yeah. that was choreographed by all of you, us. You were on Team Jesus, weren't you? We were uh I don't remember. All I remember is like we wanted to do we we took like all the mainstream entrance like motions and we put them together. I remember like we all did the Chris Masters like poses, and I vividly remember ending with the Batista guns. Like everybody got that <laughs> wide stance squat, and we were all doing the Batista guns, and that was like a collective like let's pop ourselves. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe you were at that show. Oh yeah, well my 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 stepdad's like, hey, you want to go to a wrestling show? And it's that show. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I also had to wear just red bikers because I forgot yep. said Lance Storm trunks at home. <laughs> I thought I packed them and I didn't. Everything comes full circle. So, so I'm pretty sure. So I'm pretty sure Brody, like I said, I'm pretty sure Brody was so part of that show. If I'm not oh, wrong, he was. Yes, but, I remember uh, talking to him. I'm like, we got to do the Masters yep. pose, and he's like, we got to end with the Batista guns. <laughs> It was like we timed. I think we timed it. It was like a forty-second long entrance, just doing the poses. Like that was before we even started walking to the ring. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I was in college, I really got into Chikar and all that, so I was like very aware of of Brody Lee. Um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get to spend a lot of time working with him in the independence. The little time I did, I do cherish. But it was I'll remember it because it was December two thousand eleven. 
uh, and it was the first show I ever ran. And I was like, I did a year of like setting up chairs at shows or whatever, but um, which I may have met him in passing, but this was the, the first, you know, show I ever rang announced, and he was the first match I ever rang announced. It was him versus uh, Jordan Lennox, and Brody, like I said, he was heels. So he was the first guy to ring announced, which I think is – I thought it was cool three weeks ago. Now it just – it means so much more. Yeah, yeah. Um, But that night was very, like, emotional for me, and he asked if it was my first time. I didn't think I was good enough. I'm, I'm a biggest self-critic. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay. And we got to the match right before the main event. And I don't know, Matt, should I mention names? I don't know. No, (laughs) no names, no names, no names. All right. (laughs) Just just vague descriptions. (laughs) There was a a local wrestler who was supposed to be a baby face, but he decided to go 25 minutes uh, beating up a young young kid in this match. We know who it is. Yeah. And then he started cutting the heel promo. And then here I am, you know, young dapper ring announcer, just, 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 just trying to, you know, and, you know, be, you know, Oh, I'm going to do great. I'm going to do the 50, 50. And he comes out of the ring and he knocks the 50, 50 out of my hand, kicks the bucket. Like, and then, and I'm like, I didn't expect that. Like if it was a heel, like I was new to the business, but I'd be smart enough. If it was a heel, like keep my distance or okay. It's part of the show, but he was supposed to be a baby face. So that makes zero. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I do the 50-50. I announce the main event, which I believe was John McChesney and Brian Jennings. And then I go to the, like, there was a side entrance way at the Lake Erie Italian Club where you could watch the matches, but the, the fans wouldn't see you. And it was me, Brody, one other person. I was just like, man, I don't know if I fuck do this. This is bullshit. Like, like being bullied like that, fuck this. And he goes, he said, don't let that asshole ruin this for you. <laughs> like, don't make that guy make you quit, man. And, you know, Brody's probably had <laughs> gave that speech to a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> especially concerning that certain individual. <laughs> um, but uh, it meant a lot to me, man. It, 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 it meant a lot because uh, I, I haven't quit since, you know, yeah. and I've had guys try to go into business for themselves and bully me a little bit or whatever. And I, I just try to make the best of it. But uh that, it, that really stuck with me and and you know like i said he's probably said a bunch of people but it it's something i will take to the day to die like it, it it was a moment it was a simple conversation that meant the world to me yeah i think it's it's ironic that you and i kind of sim- had similar first experiences with him you know as far as motivational him ones. sticking up for us yeah. and motivating us and i feel, yeah. like, I I feel brody like like <laughs> i feel like he looked in the mirror and he goes i'm fucking six foot seven what you gonna do? Yeah, and I think he used that stick up for people that he felt he needed to help stick up for. No, for sure. I, I don't have a story like that right out of the gates. I'm actually, I'm actually unsure exactly the first moment that I got to meet Brody. Yeah, there was lots of things leading up to it. It was really cool because um, when I did my pro wrestling training, I would drive out to Rochester two nights a week. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Was it that place upstairs? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah Boxer Street. Yep. 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 Um, and, uh, you know, it's to go there. I was like, I was doing backyard trampoline wrestling. And I was like, you know what? I want to give like this a shot. Like I'm done with college wrestling. I want to give pro wrestling a shot. Yeah. So I went up to that school. And I, I was, you know, going, you know, going up there, going up there. And 
the way it was like situated, like every time the door opened, I get nervous because I was one. I was the new guy. I'm like, oh, who's going to be possibly coming up? These guys have so many, you know, I wasn't the biggest diehard independent wrestling fan, but they had guys passing through like Cloudy. Yeah. Cheech, um, you know, and, and the, the owner, Hellcat, I'll give him his props. He's very like very intimidating guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he knows what he's doing. Um, but then bro, a guy like Brody comes through and yeah, I'm six foot three on a good day. Mm-hmm. This man is six foot seven, big, scary beard beard. Mm-hmm. And you see, him just like, oh, <laughs> and he's got yeah. a, he, he had a certain swagger about the way he carried himself. He did. He did. He was he was mysterious, like almost mysterious in a way, but it's really hard to describe, but it was very unique. Yeah. He was like welcoming but standoffish at the same time. Yeah, and yeah. um mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it's a really hard thing to 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 kind of put into words, but um but he passed through. And one of my friends I used to drive up with was a super big independent wrestling mark and, and absolutely like Brody was his favorite wrestler of all time. And he goes, Oh my God, that's, that's Brody Lee. Like he's watching, you know, he used to go to independent wrestling shows just to watch Brody around here. Like he would travel just to go watch Brody. That's how much he loved him, watch film on him so much. So that one day we, uh, our, our trainer gave us homework and, uh, his like oh go watch study five matches wherever and this this friend of mine picked five Brody Lee matches and and Brody was like tickled but you know we just getting to know him a little bit here and there and and, and just talking and stuff and but my earliest earliest memory is what I felt comfortable around him right I felt like comfortable to kind of be around him and be myself it was probably like two three months into my training and uh what was it we uh yeah <laughs> It, we, were, we were getting set up for a show and uh, it, it was then NWA uh, New York, but we were getting set up for a show and uh, Brody was asking some, some of the students were going out to get food and Brody told them, Hey, go get me a subway sandwich or something like that. And I was sitting in front of him and I was just, I was just joking around and he knew I, he knew I was, but I was like, why don't you go get it yourself? Superstar. He dumped the whole bottle of water on my head. <laughs> and he was laughing the whole time because he knew he knew uh, he, <laughs> what were you wearing um what was i wearing were you were you in your street clothes or your i, I was in regular clothes we were just sitting there it was like probably three hours before the show started <laughs> he dumped a bottle of water on me and, but he knew it he knew it um but he was fun we had done this thing at the school we did like a uh an nxt type thing and he wasn't my trainer um, we had like four students at the time and four, four train trainers, yeah, NXT yeah. trainers. And Brody was, uh, the trainer, one of my friend, um, my friend Zach, and, uh, he would always just try to, he would just try to screw with me all the time, all the time. But, um, there's, he, there's so many ball busting stories I can give, but the first time that I really knew that Brody gave a shit like about me, like legitimately gave a shit about me as a human being and as a wrestler. Um, he, he was starting to go on his way out. I was only like a year in and like I said, we were close, but I, you know, I hadn't really taken too much from him as far as wrestling knowledge. And he starts coming up to the school and just, just working with me because he's seen what the school was at the time. Like it was great. Um, you know, I learned a lot from there, but at the, that point in time, not afraid to admit that just, it wasn't worth me driving up. Yeah. All right. It wasn't yeah. worth me driving up. 
I'd show, I paid, you know, and it was just a, just a, you weren't, I wasn't learning wrestling at the time. He would show up on time, six o'clock every time, every day I showed up Tuesdays or Thursdays. Very punctual. Very punctual. Show up, take his boots and he'd work with me like firsthand. Like this is shit that nobody was doing for me at that time. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. And there's Brody, a Dragon Gate superstar, uh, Dragon Gate, Chikara, all these magical places. And, and me being this, still a fan, he has a Wikipedia page. He's really, really cool, yeah. which he did. And he's taking the time to work with me. And I never got that beforehand. And I never, ever got that afterwards. That never. Just, that also shows his passion for wrestling because uh, I myself in Buffalo, we used to have a training school here that I was put in charge of. Right. And I felt like I learned more by trying to teach than I did from being taught. Yeah. So I'm sure like what it did for you, I'm sure it did the same for, for John. It did wonders for me. Like he took a vested interest in what I was doing. Like he, uh, there was a camp. We did a camp for, uh, for a local show here, IWF. And and he was like, we go and talk to him. He'd sit down and he goes, Hey, I want to, you know, um, you know, he's telling the whole camp, Hey, don't be afraid to, you know, to ask vets to go watch your match. And I'd I always, asked him, I, I always asked Brody to watch my match. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I, I always, mean, I, and he did. I remember one time I'm doing a match, and it was at, uh, you remember the meeting place? That's the one. Yep. The meeting place. It was the last show yeah. there. I'm, I'm doing a match there, and uh, I go, hey, if you get a second, can you watch this match? And it was like a, it was like a long match because it was a four-way a uh, four-way elimination match for the title. Right. So it was like it was like a good 30, 35 minute match. And I was in the whole thing till the end. And I remember there was like where the entranceway was, there was a, a, a thing of stairs right before the entranceway. Hated doing ring crew at that place. Oh, that place sucked. <laughs> but there was a little gap where you could see where the ceiling was and where the curtain and the entranceway stopped. Yeah. And I remember I would look back every once in a while and I never not I, I'd see John's like his nose and his eyes through that little gap for that entire 35, 40 minutes. Yeah. And I remember getting in the back and I go, I go. So how, like not right away, but I'm like, did, did you, I, I know you watched cause I saw it. Uh, what'd you think? And he goes, you don't need me to tell anything. You don't need me to tell you anything that you don't already know. He goes, stuff was good. Stuff was crisp. Yeah. That was good. It was. No, that's was cool. that's who he was. So cool. Yeah, I, I used to. I, I I was really big on filming my own matches. Like I, that was my thing. Like I had to have my matches filmed once so I could study it too, so I could put it out there. Yeah. He personally requested that I send him my matches. That's cool. Like on film, yeah, and awesome. so we could break it down. Um, and it was really cool. And eventually, like he he noticed that I was like listening to him. Like I take his advice, and he goes, "I I'd love to find the message." I sent him. Uh, it was January of 2012. At was it 2012. Yeah, it had to have been 2012 at BCW. Uh, I think it was the Polsky Hall. It might have been the Polsky Hall. I was wrestling Jordan Lennox, and, uh, you know, he, he was giving me all these points and stuff, and he goes, holy shit. He, he watched the match after I sent him the video. He goes, holy shit, you listen, kid. And yeah. after that, he started sticking his neck out for me. That's he got cool. me a booking in 2CW, right? He got me in a, in, into 2CW, and not only that, but a program to work with him in 2CW. You know, so it, it all just it, – it, it, this is the stuff I, you know, I, I still to this day don't feel I deserved. Yeah. Are you, um, but he did, Matt, are you aware that he name dropped you in his shoot with Eddie Kingston? I like was, in a good way, in a positive I, way. It was. And I've honestly, I felt like 
I felt guilty over that, that I didn't stick around with wrestling. Like I felt like legitimately guilty that he put me over there. He put me over on Twitter and then I just, everything happened with wrestling where I was so unhappy that I had to walk away. It's your life. You get one life, man. No, I know it's still, like, it still bothers me. Cause like he, he listed a bunch of guys who were still wrestling and I was like the only one who wasn't anymore. And I'm just like, fuck, but but he never held that against me. No, I mean, you, but to you, me, I, he's wanted to be just, happy. Yeah, no, he does. Yeah, if you if you weren't happy doing it, yeah. I mean, why why do it? Right. You know? It just yeah, there was a lot that went into it. Like I still loved it. I still love my experience with it, but um, it just got to be. I, I think ultimately, and this is partially me to blame, and partially this is a supporting cast. But Brody spoiled me. <laughs> I legit, like I said, I never had help like him before yeah. he came around, and I never had help like him after. People after Brody did not have my best interest in mind. They did not give a shit if I wrestled or not. They didn't care if I got paid. They didn't care if I got booked. They were in it. You know, it was just, you hear, yeah, I hear yeah, things to yeah. this day. And Brody, uh, they didn't have Brody, my best interest. Brody was a special cat. I remember working a show where the promoter booked a talent to wrestle on a show, said talent wrestled, and then he wasn't going to pay them. Oh, yeah. Because he was not satisfied with that wrestler's. Uh, performance but it was just a way like I, I watched the performance the performance was fine it was just the promoter being a dick bag and not wanting to pay right brody was on that show caught wind of it and he went to bat for the talent and said you booked him pay him it's a job like you booked the guy why aren't you paying him and he got the the, the promoter was not going to pay this talent and brody stuck up and he, he's like, I'm not working for you ever again. And then Brody reached into his own paycheck and paid the talent out of his own, out of his own envelope. That's incredible. And it was like, I, I, I remember, I remember seeing that. And, and he, like, I mean, from day one, the guy just wanted to better wrestling and he stuck up for people that, I mean, there, there's a saying that says uh, you can you can judge a person by what they do for someone who cannot benefit them at all. And there were countless times where Brody would stick up for people that he's sticking up for them, but that person can do nothing to benefit him. But right. he would still go to bat for them. He did. All the time. All the time. To kind of like segue into what you're saying there, Will, like – I so like I said like you know for me I unfortunately didn't get to experience a lot of money independence before he was signed and went to WWE but what's crazy is is and you hear from other stories in other areas once a guy gets signed they pretty much disconnect themselves from the area I'm done see you later you know he bought a house you know Rochester yeah but he could have lived in Florida and then he but he came home and bought a house (laughs) in Rochester yeah because he just loves the city that's beautiful but what I found amazing was is that he, for the years, um, has been helping out local talent that he never, I don't think, physically met before he started helping them out or even worked with or whatever. And a lot of these young guys were asking him for advice, and he was getting them extra work and, you know, and, and advice on tryouts. And it's, you know, I mean, Kevin's – Ben, it's one thing – Kevin. Kevin, he, he feels so heartbroken that he never got to work Brody because Brody's done so much for him. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. um, you know, helping him out and giving him advice and all that. And that's the thing, he didn't have to do that. No. Like like I and I don't think I've ever, ever you know, no disrespect to anybody else who's gotten signed, 
from the area, but I don't think anybody's ever done that where they've got that I know sign and they still help everybody out that they possibly can. I mean, for me, my personal experience, we had those few months we worked together. That was it. We still had some great interactions on Facebook. And then when I saw him at the WrestleMania after party, he was cordial as could be. And I think him being nice with me is which led, I don't know if you guys knew this, but he was actually really close with the Apartment the Joker guys. Sound oh, cute. I did not know that. Yeah. And like, yeah, they hung out with him all night at the WrestleMania after party, but like they've worn his shirt and the practical jokers and everything like that. Like, like, like um, seeing their personalities and knowing Brody, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I asked the, the one guy, like, hey, can you take a video, picture, or whatever? And I just think he seemed more comfortable because Brody knew who I was. So, like, this is a cool little thing for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just crazy how much he helped people. And, and uh, unfortunately, the day he died, but like he never stopped helping. And, and that's like, that's such a rarity. People do not understand how much of a rarity that is. And, and I, you're, I, you're right. You're I right. feel, I feel he, like, uh, I just feel like just judging by and seeing this, the sales of his t shirts and the outpour of support and love for him and his family and, and, and just people trying to be a better person through his example and yeah. through his uh, memory, I think is a testament to the kind of man that he was. Oh, for sure. I've been doing a lot of thinking lately this past week. You know, I, I've, I've been, I've been a, uh, a fan of, or, or a, a, a knowing, I, I know what's going on in the world of wrestling for most of my life. All right. Seen a lot of pro wrestlers pass away, right? There's been some all, there's been some great ones mm -hmm. uh, and they've gotten beautiful tributes to them. Um, but it really got me thinking about like, cause like you said, it's, it's, it's not just who he is as a wrestler, but who he is as a person that people are complimenting on. And I look at a guy like, I, I don't mean to cut you oh. off, but just, just to, to put this in as great of a wrestler as he was. Yeah. And he was great. Yeah. He was a better man he and was. a better person. He was. And that's the admiration I've been what, reading Twitter this last week. And I it really got me thinking like, for example, when Hulk Hogan goes, when, when his time finally comes. All right, people are going to remember his big moments that get advertised all over WWE shows. You know, his slamming Andre, turning turning heel and, and, and joining the NWO, and and so many other memories of Hulk Hogan. You know, Hulk Hogan Rock. The, the memories are endless, but you probably won't hear the personable stories and and, and good stories about his character like you, you would with 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 John. You won't. You won't. Like not even in the slightest. No. And that's what's that's what is so significant and so special. Like, you know, yeah, you know, Hogan. Everybody hates Hogan. Everybody hates Hogan. Nobody, even when John was. That's the thing too. Usually, people are like, oh, you know, after somebody passes, there's all these good things, all these good things that maybe they didn't mean or say when that person was alive. But these are the same continuous things that people have been saying since John has been alive and in their, you know, in involved in their lives. So that's like. That's the unique thing because pro wrestling, it, it, it can change people. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's any show business, any entertainment industry yeah. can, uh, can bring out terrible traits in people. Yeah. But those terrible traits were never brought out of John. Never, never. You, you, you said a quote at the end of the panel discussion, uh, our show last week that like really stuck with me. It's something about, um, lines of lines of, he never did anything that made you question his character. Never. Never once. And nope. the people I've talked to, uh, I, I, I mean, I have a friend of mine who 
we were, we were, you know, we're talking just to emotionally heal mentally from this tragic loss. And uh, he brought up, there was one time that they didn't see eye to eye. And he felt he was right. John felt he was right. Yeah. And he said, when John came up to him and said, I was wrong. That wasn't me. I'm sorry. And like, just to admit fault. Yeah. Like we're all human. We all make mistakes. But like the fact like John would admit fault and say, that wasn't me. I, I apologize. I shouldn't have acted that way. It's a hard thing for a lot of people to do. It is. And the world would be a better place if more people would just take uh, responsibility for their actions, uh, good or bad. Um, but yeah, like he's just, it's just uh, tragic. I mean, the, the man paved the way for um, not only like this area as far as pro wrestling, but like the world. Yeah. And pro wrestling. And I feel I, I, I feel with his example on how to live, the world's going to be a better place if people and I think people will uh try to think of John Moore and act accordingly as John would have acted. Right. And it's gonna be a better place. I hope they do. I really hope they do. Cause it, like I said, it, it's people from all over the world that have been saying this. Like yes. it's not just the local Rochester and Buffalo crew, it's his WWE crew, it's AEW crew, it's the people who work with them on the indies in Japan, uh, all, all these play, people saying it. And I hope they, that they do, they, they take a step back and they do evaluate because um, he was special. He was, uh, he was certainly unique. And that's why it's been so hard on me. You know, I, I didn't get a, like, trust me, there are a lot more qualified people who should be sitting here today talking about his life. Um, we were close for like, the closest we were was probably like a two, two, three year stretch. Yeah. Um, drifted apart, obviously, when I went away from wrestling. And he, obviously, he went to WWE, as, FCW. Is it is as that's life. life? Yeah, that's that life. life. Um, but those like those three years have had such an impact on on my life as far as who as I who I am, and like we've interacted on Facebook before. We've interacted on social media. We've talked, and it's like I get nervous. I'm like, oh my god, and like it's 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 so cool, like. He's talking to me again and like, you know, that, that, but, but that's what I wanted to bring up is that, you know, like I said, there's people who are much closer to John than, than any of us here combined uh, best friends. They'd see each other all the time. Um, every week parties. I know we love to throw 4th of July parties and, and this and that, but uh, the impact that John had on my life over that very brief amount of time has last, lasted a lifetime. Like I said, John helped people just to help people. You don't want anything in return. And, you know, this may sound not humble at all, but I, I, li I like to think that I'm do that because of John. You know, I, I just want to see people do good. I want to just see people do right. And, I, you know, it, 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 it gets me into trouble sometimes, but um, I'm always like I'm willing to go out, stick my neck out for people that maybe don't deserve it because that's what John would have done. For, that's what John did for me. And that's what John did for other people. Um, yes. Yeah. He, he stuck his neck out and helped a lot of people um, just to help. Yeah. No other reason. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have uh, any favorite memories with him? I know, my, uh, Will, you were telling us a story. My, my, my absolute favorite <laughs> memory with, with, uh, with, with Brody Lee. Um, this was at a time I, ha I had suffered a horrendous injury in wrestling. And I made, you know, chicken salad out of chicken shit. Um, I had a really bad, I, I, I fractured my skull, fucked up my neck. 
Uh, I probably should have retired, but I, I wasn't ready to. So I did a, a gimmick where I used to come out in a wheelchair and uh, I'd roll it to the ring and then I fold it up and I jump over the top rope and then I'd sit back in the wheelchair and I'd wrestle matches, but then I'd get right back in that wheelchair and I'd have someone wheel me to the back. <laughs> Cause I was handy capable. I don't know if that would even fly nowadays. Probably not canceled, uh, <laughs> but I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I was often compared to old man, Biff Tannen from back to the future part two, <laughs> where I'd come out with a cane and I would just stick it in people's face and I would just yell and yell and yell. <laughs> and I was currently in a program with another wrestler where, you know, he was, he was, he was like vying for the number one contendership for the title. Uh, and like okay you can be the number one contender but you have to get past this person and this is when Brody Lee was doing the big rig Brody Lee gimmick so he came he's a truck driver yeah so he comes out and he just blindsides my uh adversary with a big boot right to the face and the whole time He's just standing over him. I, I'm just in my adversary's face going, he drives a truck. He, he drives a truck. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm running circles around Brody as he's trying to like do a diesel pose and be a badass. And I'm running circles around going, he drives a truck, a truck, a big rig truck. He gets on the CB radio and he talks to other truckers because he drives a truck. And I remember Brody just trying not to laugh. Like I could see his, his lips quivering and he's trying not to laugh. And we get to the back and, and, and I'm laughing. I'm having a good time. And Brody comes in. What the fuck, man? I'm supposed to be a badass, And you just yell that I'm driving a truck. And I mean, he wasn't, he was just like, he was like, fuck, fuck you, dude. Like trying to be a serious badass. And I'm like, Oh, that's like my favorite. And we still, we would always laugh about it. every time I'd see him, I'd always go, he drives a truck <laughs> every time. Um, and that hands down was my favorite experience. And uh, I mean, we had had matches. Uh, we had done other things. Um, the only other memory I just want to bring up because it, it's, 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 uh, it just happened yesterday. Um, I went for a jog. And as I'm running, I passed by uh, an establishment here in town called Submasters. Now, this establishment used to be right next door to the old Buffalo Training Center. And as I run by it, yeah, I, I just, you know, they're cooking food and I smell it. And my ass smells really good. And it just dawned on me that they had a sub called the Honey Stung Chicken Sub. And every time Brody would come to town in Buffalo, he would actually make special trips to come to Buffalo to get this sub. Really? He enjoyed it that much. I had tried it. And uh, it just don't, I'm like, yeah, that was, that was his, that was his sub. He enjoyed it. And I could smell it. And um, it was just, you know, I know your, your other senses, they kick in and they bring up memories. And uh, <laughs> he, when he worked shows in Buffalo, jokingly, he told the promoters, Okay, this is my this is my asking price, and there was always the caveat: I need a Submaster's Honey Sung Chicken Sub, <laughs> jokingly. And uh, my one my one friend who was the gentleman I was fighting when I was just mocking him with the saying of he drives a truck. Uh, he was the promoter, and he would always actually go out of his way and get a large Honey Stung Chicken Sub. And he would give that to Brody every time he came to do a show. Right. 
And every time, Brody would always be like, <laughs> like he would laugh, like, are you freaking kidding? Like you actually got me to sub? <laughs> like I was joking. That's and so then cool. it just became normal. Like that was just what he would get when right. he would come and, and work shows. He's like, I'm always coming back because, I mean, you never haggle me on my price. Yeah. You get me a sub, even though I'm joking. You still get it for me every time. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to order one today, and I'm going to eat it in his memory. That sounds good. I love that. Chris, how about you, buddy? I have a favorite. I, I didn't get too many interactions, but is there any favorite memory that you had with him? Maybe a favorite story that you've heard um, with, with, with John? Well, uh, so we were doing an interview, and this show is a BCW show at the old Boys and Girls Club. One of the coolest things when we were doing the interviews is they were like these old lockers, you know, had that like WCW, like, you know, me and Gino Goldman feel, you know. So I was like so excited to do these interviews, and Brody was one of the guys I was interviewing, and I was like, I'm like, I'm like hey, can you just cut a promo, whatever? He's like, yeah, whatever. No rehearse, no nothing. So I'm like, hey, yeah, Brody Lee, what are your thoughts on? And then he goes to choke me and puts me against the lockers. Now, obviously, he's, he's working, but he's like, he's like doing that. He's like choking me in like this thrusting motion and like while cutting the promo. And, and then the interview, I was like, okay, I did not expect that. But I mean, obviously, he was working. I didn't get hurt or anything, but like. <laughs> he, he prepared me for the unpredictability of those promos because now I'm like kind of like. I'm like, all right, so we're going to do this, do this. Now, let me know, are you doing anything? <laughs> like, I think you <laughs> I get why, though. I was really shocked, and it made for good footage, which sucks because I've been trying to find that, and I can't find that interview. Oh, man. But, it's out there. You'll get yeah, it. it. Yeah, it, it made for some really, really good footage. So I'm just picturing just, the, the, the shot where, like, Andre, I forget who he <laughs> choked. Yep, <laughs> they um, made that classic clip. Oh, I know who you're talking. Yeah, Bob Uecker. Yeah, Bob Uecker. When Andre's, <laughs> ch- I'm yep. just picturing that, but with yes. it, Brody and you, and it's just popping me huge. That's awesome. That, that, now, you that's you were like a wacky wobbler too. Like your head's going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that's a hundred percent what it was, and I'm just like, ah, you know. But yeah, I mean, I like I said, like you know, I wish I got would have got to know him like other guys did and everything. But you know, you always remember your first. He's the first guy I ever rang announced, the first guy I ever did a backstage interview with, and the first match I ever did play by play for. So, oh, you always remember your first. Absolutely, trifecta. Seriously, uh, there's a, there's a lot in a brief amount of time. Uh, I do have to give, I do have the honor of being Brody's last independent wrestling match, which is something I am very, very proud of. Um, it was in a place called, in Syracuse called Squared Circle Wrestling. Uh, it's a fatal four-way match between myself, him, a uh, man by the name of Jason Axe, and another man by the name of Jay Freddy. And uh, the 2CW was the promotion, and that, that match is available on YouTube, but it was really, really something uh, to be able to to kind of sit and experience that and be a part of something that, you know, he was, I don't know if you consider him an indie darling, but he was beloved by independent wrestling, by just wrestling fans everywhere. Like yeah. people, people paid tickets to go see him wrestle. So I was very honored to be a part of the, you know, independent wrestling, his last independent wrestling show. Um, I do have him that, to thank for getting me an, getting me extra work in 2013. Like again, shit he didn't have to do, but when, I was sitting there at catering, which, I mean, you see that spread. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out and hate catering. He comes up behind yeah. me, gives me a big, big fucking hug. And he's just talking to me the whole time. He's like, he's doing his stuff, 
but he's chatting me up the whole time. He's like giving me pointers and stuff. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Uh, but that, that last road trip for, for that show that, uh, in Syracuse was probably my favorite. It was myself, uh, Brody, it all packed in my little Nissan Altima as well. And I'm, I'm surprised it even made it. How far was that passenger seat kicked back? <laughs> it was back. And, <laughs> and listen to this, that it was Dewey and Dick justice in the back. Seat. <laughs> there was a lot of beef in that car. Yeah. How your axles, they held up, huh? <laughs> I really thought the car was going to blow up. The shocks <laughs> were going, huh? <laughs> like well, we got out and the car just ran. Like, when you were doing extra work. <laughs> Oh yeah, it did. Oh no, we got it. When I was coming home from Columbus, that it, we hit it. The tire got filleted. <laughs> I had to drive oh, yeah, from Columbus on a on a Don't spare I... tire <laughs> with ten dollars to my name as well. So we were, uh, <laughs> I was in trouble. Uh, I always had to have my dad come and pick me up, but um, which was really embarrassing. But uh, probably that car trip there because I really got to know and understand who he was as a person, like. It was as a person uh he had just been signed and uh it, it was funny this dewey uh he was talking brody's talking he goes yeah you know we i'm signed with we whatever but B- tna was was interested in 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 bringing in signing me as well around this time he wanted him to sign a uh i think they wanted to be a faction with cody deaner uh i might have been I don't know if it was Necro. There might have been somebody else, but it was supposed to be like this, pretty much what the Wyatt family was, but on yeah. TNA. Yeah. And and uh, <laughs> uh but he's like, Yeah, I, I decided to sign with WWE. And Dewey just sat there, like they were chatting back and forth, and Dewey just went silent. And Birdie just looks back at him and he goes, What, Dewey? Do you think I made the wrong choice or something? <laughs> it was just the way he did it. Uh, just the way he said it. And where WWE and TNA were at that time. Like it, it's yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> WWE was hotter than ever, right? The CM Punk storyline, Daniel Bryan, all this stuff. And he just looks back, he goes, Huh, Dewey, do you think I made the wrong choice or that's, something? <laughs> that's totally that's totally his sense of humor, though. That like dry. <laughs> uh it was just the way he said it yeah uh another he called it's not what you say but how you say it sometimes. <laughs> yes exactly like if i would just go he drives a truck that's not funny <laughs> he drives a truck oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was uh it was it was incredible and there was so so much more um yeah there was there was so so much more as far as uh you know some of the stories that happened in the car that i will not relay um <laughs> it was just it was just funny it was just guys eating and driving and hanging out and on the road and we like we had to stay at the promoter's house that weekend it was a lot of fun we chatted and stuff it was just a a very unique experience but it was probably the alt like the ultimate independent wrestling experience that road I, trips I, are always great they are it, it i mean when you're with them with good people like yeah. i was in that car trip yep. it was it was magical so i'm uh i'm forever forever thankful for that uh we're about to wrap up here we just kind of wanted to reflect on on his life and and have i mean ultimate closure for ourselves but is there any like last minute thing last statement you guys want to make uh on john we'll start off with you uh i mean i I think i've said what i've 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 needed to say about john as a person Uh, i just want to thank you matt thank you chris for for being here today uh and for everybody listening um you had mentioned matt that there's so many people that knew him better but we still knew him. And just by doing this, it helps. Uh, I know it helps me emotionally uh, 
deal with this loss. So I just want to thank you for listening, Matt, Chris, thank you guys for being here. No, dude. Thanks for, thanks for organizing this. I'm, I'm glad you said it. Like I was thinking, I'm like, Oh, we could just do this for, for our regular recording. But I'm like, you know what? This is served better if we just dedicate an entire episode towards it. So, I agree. so, so thank you. Of course. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Chris final statements. Well, first off, yeah, I want to thank you guys for having me be a part of this. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I didn't know him as well as a, a lot of others, but you know, it, it it was a very, you know, sad week as far as, I mean, for me, you know, I mean, like I said, I got good memories of him, but like some of my closest friends in this business were very close to him and he yeah. meant a lot to them and, you know, seeing how much it hurt them and everything. But I mean, one of the positives to come out of this was all the great stories and, and like, like you guys said, touching everybody from like our local scene to like, you know, Biggie had some fantastic stories, uh, you know, and, and then all the stuff Eddie Kingston would bring up for when they were in Chicago and CCW. And then, you know, you hear all the current stories, AEW from all the Dark Order members and stuff. And it's just, he, he I don't like, I don't know if anybody else has touched more lives than 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 he is in such a short time of frame in wrestling as far as like you say you'll ne- you'll never hear a bad word i know you always say that but you really will never hear a bad word said about him that's um yeah. you know so i'm just thank you for letting me be part of this you know and uh like like i said my sincere thoughts and condolences go out to everyone who, who loved him and was close to him and it was his family and you know I, you know i he may be gone, but he will, he will not be forgotten. No, not never, at all. Never. No, not in the slightest, not in the slightest. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to keep it simple. I've said a lot over the last week. Um, I don't know what I could say. That's not duplicated from what I've said, but thank you. Thank you, John. Uh, you know, thanks for showing me what it takes to be a, kind of a man like i have a dad in my life very involved dad and he's he's done me that he's, he's done that for me too but john did it in such a way that was it changed it changed me changed who i was for the you know the rest of my life and um i like to live by his example at least i i, I like to try to so um yeah can't say enough good things about him there's a million stories you know if, if people want other accounts if you don't you go look on twitter and just type in hashtag John Huber and you will find a million, million and million <laughs> wonderful stories about who he was as a person. So, um, but that is a wrap, everybody. We thank you so much for uh, taking the time to kind of listen to us uh, grieve a little bit and uh, put talk, talk about the good times and kind of for us, like I said, for ourselves, get some ultimate closure. Uh, Chris, thank you for jump, jumping in. It's always good to hear from you. Uh, you can go check out his show. And uh, get rediscovering the indies. All right, it is on our network at bicbp-radio.com. They are a once a month podcast, but it is it's worth the wait. Honestly, uh, lots of good content. Keep up the great work, Chris. Um, Thank you for us. Uh, that's a wrap. Uh, on behalf of Chris, Will, and I, talk to you next time. You know what that means. <laughs>